Welcome back, everyone. It's another episode of uh, Chalk Talk here. Uh, unfortunately, Kevin uh, kind of decided the podcast wasn't for him anymore. Um, so, sending love his way, thinking about him. JK, Kevin, let him know. April Fools. April Fools. Day after April Fools, but we had we had to play something on here. We got. Uh, we'll jump right into it. We got MLB opening day, NBA race. And we have uh, some college basketball talk. So to begin the podcast, we're going to give our top five. We're going to look at our top five players of the NCAA tournament so far. So Hadley, we'll start with you. Give me your top five players. Okay, so uh, going to go bottom up here. First, we're going to start with an honorable mention. Uh, Buddy Beheim, you balled out. Congrats on the Sweet 16. It wasn't enough, though. Um, starting at five, Kevin O'Banner. Big man from Oral Roberts. Kind of uh, overshadowed a little bit by Max Asmus, but the big man put in work. He averaged over 20, about 10 rebounds. Was a perfect compliment, and he's part of the reason for their success. Um, number four is his buddy and his partner in crime, Max Asmus. Um, just an absolute lethal scorer. Um, took him to the Sweet 16. Pretty impressive. Uh, my number three, off night. Davion Mitchell. <laughs> you know Off Night was going to play some defense, but he's been playing well on offense, too. Off and, Night uh, is going to off, offset. Off Night and Offset. Can we get a little collaboration between those two? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> but, yeah, Davion Mitchell, man, he's been good on offense. He's been great on defense. Uh, and he's part of the reason the Baylor Bears are in the Final Four. Uh, number two, a big reason why this team's in the Final Four is Johnny Juzang. Uh, former Kentucky... Uh, player, I just learned that a few few days ago. Uh, he's now with UCLA, and he's carrying the weight there. Uh, congrats to them making the Final Four, first four to Final Four. Cool story. Yep. Um, yeah, but he's been balling. He's a huge reason why they're there. And number one, you'd think Jalen Suggs. You would think Corey Kispert. No, it's Drew Timmy. It's Drew Timmy playing with that mustache, playing with passion. He's leading them. And that big man down low does not look very good, but he is dangerous, and he is my number one player in this tournament so far. Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of, he, I don't know, looking at him, you would think, oh, he's kind of like a power forward, but he, he plays like he's he's seven foot, and, you know, he's going to bully you in, in the paint. He's he's a little, uh, I don't know. He's he, savvy. Yeah. He's savvy. He, yeah. I mean, you know, look, the eye test says, you know, all right, he might act a certain way, but he, he plays – you know, way beyond what, you know, I think the average person would, would think of him. So, um, yeah, I got, I got Timmy in my top five as well. But, Sporty, we'll, we'll go to your top five next. Give me your top five uh, players so far of the tournament. All right, I'll go from uh, bottom to top. Go ahead. Number five, I got Corey Kispert, Kispert from uh, Gonzaga. Just phenomenal player. They're making a nice, nice run in the NCAA tournament here. I mean, heck, he, he's a guy that, you know, I feel like he – he he's a hostile guy, but he can also knock down you know a three if the team's cold. So um, oh man, he's a lethal shooter. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's insane. Uh, going on number five, number four that came up a little short. Louisville beat them. Au dis disomo. Oh yeah 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 yeah. From Illinois. Yep, Illinois. Io disomo. Yeah. Sorry sorry if I watch <laughs> your name there. There's no well. Just looking at, I feel like this tournament. There's a lot of guys with some really, you know, yeah, unique names. unique names. Um, so yeah, we apologize if we butcher anything, but uh, 
Definitely some interesting names from this tournament. So you got so you got Io at number four. Number three, probably the uh, number one player in the NBA draft, Cunningham from uh, Oklahoma State. All right. I know he came up a little short against Oregon State, but uh, props to Cunningham getting his team, you know, to to the March Madness. I mean, but, he, I mean, yeah. Without him, I mean, I don't really think Oklahoma State does, you know, obviously as well as they do. I mean, he didn't have that great of a game against uh, oh, who they play in the opening round, Liberty, and he didn't have that great of a game against Oregon State. But I mean, just his name himself. So your so your list almost sounds like you're just taking the top five players, right, from the yeah. overall from the overall kind of season into into March Madness, which is yeah, fine. No, which no, is just, fine. These are the top five March Madness players who I thought. Performed. Well, Cunningham and Io, they they only went two ra- or yeah. two games, but but this is just not this isn't just. Uh, I know I, I feel you. Yeah, this, this is just, just some fun for. I feel you. Just, uh, I got gotcha. you. The overall best five in the March Madness. Okay, all right. Uh, number two, Ung Song Hero. Uh, he was a third teamer last year all conference. He's playing above his potential this year. Jared Butler from Baylor. Oh yeah, yep. He's. Definitely lethal. <laughs> a lethal guy on that, on that or Baylor squad. Yep. As they play the Cougars tomorrow. And my number one, top guy of March Madness tournament is Luca Garza. Luca Garza from Iowa. Oh, man. He averaged about thirty points a game. Unfortunately, fortunately for his team, they don't play any. De- they don't play any defense. Right. So and it showed against Oregon when they gave up ninety five points. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely see you know guys like Io and and Luca if they would have won a couple more games. Yeah, I definitely think they would have been in consideration for MVP uh, of the whole torrent. Um, looking at my top five, I I kind of went similar route with Hadley as to you know who's left and who's kind of led their team into the final four. Number five, I got Johnny Juzang. Like like Hadley said, uh, found out he was from Kentucky and he he's just been balling, shooting lights out. Um, I'll give number four. I'll give Buddy Beheim. Um, I kind of said this before. If, if Syracuse wasn't, you know, if they were going to win, they needed at least 20 to 25 points from Buddy, and he, and he delivered that in the first two games. And then Houston kind of shut him down. So uh, props to Buddy for getting hot at the right time and, and getting into the Sweet 16. Number three, I'm going to go with uh, I'll go with Timmy. That stash is just too much. That the game where he had 30 and 13, he went he went off. That's that's really yeah. impressive for for a guy like with with his size uh, to get 30 and 13. That, that's pretty nuts. Um, and then I got uh, Mitchell from Baylor again, off night, off night baby, leading the way, uh, the way to the Final Four. Hopefully, uh, the, the Cougars have an off night as well. Um, off night shooting. Not I'm not saying they have a player that has the capability to be off night, but uh, you know, <laughs> Baylor's hoping that they have a, a horrible, a horrible game so that way they have an off night. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Baylor's their ability to shoot the three. Just everybody on their team, they, I think they can hang with Gonzaga just just uh, because of that. And if Mitchell can shut down, I don't know if they'll necessarily play. Man, yeah, I don't know if they'll play man the whole time. I, I doubt it. They might play a little bit of a zone, but uh, I like to see Mitchell go up against Suggs, and that's who my number one player is of the tournament so far. Um, you know, just the ability to get to the rack and either finish it, finish in the lane, or kick it out, or do it all. I mean, he was what two assists shy of a, or was it two assists, two two rebounds? I think it was two assists shy of a triple-double the other night. Um, so, yeah, he, he's definitely been the player of the tournament. So I'll, I'll go with Jalen Suggs at, uh, at number one. Um, keeping it rolling with college basketball, some some uh, huge news from the college basketball world yesterday. 
first I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Um, but Roy Williams has decided to retire, which little it was a little bit shocking. Um, again, he's up there in age, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, who his replacement is. I mean, two guys that I thought of right away are on his staff currently. Sean May, who led the Tar Heels to the tournament or national championship in 2005, I believe. Um, big guy, he, he's on the staff, so I can maybe see him get in the position. Or Hubert Davis, who's already um, on the staff as well, former former Tar Heel. Um, if I had to go with somebody who's not uh, a part of the you know, Tar Heel family, kind of an outsider, I would go Danny Manning just because he, you know, he played um, he played at Kansas, phenomenal player, and then he went and coached at Wake. He didn't do so hot at Wake, but he's a guy right now that's kind of in the in the coaching free agency that they could potentially look at. So those are my three picks for a replacement to Roy Williams. But um, shout out to uh, to Roy for not only 400 wins at UNC, but 400 wins at, at Kansas, which is I think that's pretty impressive as well. And I've learned this. Uh, this this year was the first year that he was kind of a one-and-done in the tournament. That was his first first-round loss, I think, in his career. So phenomenal career by Roy Williams. Hadley, what are your, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the Williams uh, announcement? Yeah, well, I'm very curious, like you said, to see what UNC decides to do now. Um, they strike me very much as a team that would hire within the organization, within the family, like you said. Mm. So I think, like, a Sean May makes sense. Um, but overall, like like you said, that's that stat about him, this is the only time he's ever lost in the first round. That is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what seed you are, Izzo's lost in the first round many times. Krzyzewski. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Coach K does it seemingly all the time. Yeah. And he's obviously so highly revered in, in college basketball. So, like, shout out to him. I, I'm not a huge UNC or Duke guy, but, I mean, like... He's put on some really fun games to watch and happy retirement. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not seeing you know Williams and and Chisevsky in in that uh, rivalry game just going up against each other, which leads me to uh, to Sporty's hammer um, a couple podcasts <laughs> ago about Coach K. He he almost predicted it, just the wrong just the opposite team the rival team had the retirement. So uh, I was talking to Sporty earlier. I don't think Coach K is gonna retire this year just because. I don't think he wants to, you know, go out. I don't think he wants his last year to be a year where he doesn't make the tournament. So, um, but Sporty, what, what are your thoughts on Williams and who do you think might be his replacement? Um, my uh, take on that, uh, I think uh, Williams is was frustrated with uh, all these transfers. Yeah, with the way the game's with the, with the way evolving. these. I'm not yeah. saying college basketball. I'm just saying just in general. I mean, this pandemic in the last, well, we're going on a uh, a little over a a year now, a year and a month. We're working on a year and a month now. Yeah. But uh, ever since it happened, man, I've never seen so many transfers in my lifetime (laughs) in in a week, let alone a a year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's sad about this is once you you transfer now, I mean, you can play on, you know, you can play right away, so I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's the thing to do now. So, so hopefully the the pandemic stops, so that, so all these uh, transfers 
if they do transfer, they have to sit out or yeah. you know whatever. I I do think that it's I don't know what the whole transfer thing. I think this year, like I understand, you, here's your one free pass, and like I understand it. I mean, I don't like the fact that there's so many people transferring, but I understand it. Um, you know, take advantage of the one year kind of thing. But I feel like in any other year, if you transfer, oh, see, I I have a tough time deciding on this one just as as far as like because it's it's it, you know it's obviously player by player case by case so it's not just like one general rule it's not like everybody should have to you know sit out for one year but at the same time I don't think it should be one of the once you make a commitment like you should be there for you know I don't know maybe, maybe two years I, I, don't, I don't know what the correct I don't think there is a correct you know solution to the problem but the fact that so many people are transferring in other years outside of the pandemic I think it's a little bit much it's like almost it's almost teaching people like not to work hard to get that spot. Just you know, go to another school. But I'm not yeah. saying they won't they won't work hard at that other school. But it's just like it's there's I don't I don't know. But at the same time, like you should enjoy your playing career. So if you're if you're enjoy if like if if you get enjoyment out of transferring somewhere else to find like a new 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 system, like I get that. But I just I don't know. I think I'm right in the middle. I I I don't know. I I feel like. There's players that shouldn't be allowed to transfer, but then you know you should have the freedom to transfer based on your situation. I I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, the, with the way the game's evolving, it's just not good. Because like right now, you get people in the transfer portal who are starters. You have so many starters that are transferring right now; it is absurd. Uh, Kev, I got a great example for go, you. Go ahead. So, as a Michigan State basketball fan, you got Rocket Watts transferring. Who's a really, really good player, and right. he's really talented, and where he goes, he will be a starter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where he goes, he will be a starter. <clears throat> That's a guy that you don't you don't want to see transfer, because the like where he goes, he's just making them better, and if he decides to go somewhere really good, you know, right. just enhancing them. Yeah. Uh, but then you have a guy like Jack Hoiberg, uh, Fred Hoiberg's son. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember him. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a bench player. He's a glorified, like, you know, he's just rooting for the team. He's kind of there for the for the ride. He's yeah. not playing. Yeah, yeah. He went to UT Arlington. That is fine. They're not touching the tournament. If they do, they're getting smacked in the first round. <laughs> that That's a fine transfer. You know what I mean? Right. So I think there's a fine line between, like, caliber of players that's really hard to separate because you can't distinctly – you know, make rules based on how good they are. Right, yeah, because, yeah, I don't know, people would get offended. Oh, I, well, I should fall into this tier of players, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. I f- <clears throat> because if you, make a, if you make a limitation where a player has to be at a school for two years, then after two years you're going to see a bunch of people just hit the portal. So, I mean, yeah. I I get the whole – I, I, I kind of like the role set out a year. You, you, can't, you can't play. You can still practice with them. Um I don't know if that should. I see. I feel like sit out a year. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Sit out a year. It doesn't hurt towards like your eligibility, but that's just a wasted year where you're. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah. It. it, it uh, I think the only thing that I've ever thought of is there should be an allotted minute restriction to where if you played X amount of minutes, you have to wait, and if you played X amount of minutes below. You can just go right in and right, play with right, you. yeah. Well, then you know you got you got those players who are going to get ticked off at their coach for, <laughs> for they'll, they'll ask not to play towards like if the team's not doing well, right? They'll, they'll be like, hey, sit me out, coach. So like, ah, I just, I don't know. And this is this goes for college football as well. I mean, there's just so many people in, in the portal. 
and like the whole thing with like looking at the appeal process when they are when they're allowed to transfer and how you know the NCAA I don't know what their whole they don't have like a clear-cut system as to you know who they let transfer and who they don't we talked about that earlier in the fall with like yeah. guys like Justin Fields and I think somebody else who wasn't from the lineman from Virginia Tech or something yeah, his grandma. He wanted to be with his grandma. Yeah, and, like, they didn't let him. So, like, that was, like, messed up. But, like, there's just too many too many things, and I, I, I don't know. It's it's just it's tough to find a, a right way. Um, but I'm not saying they're, they're – I mean, there, there probably is a right way, but it's just not – nobody's found it out yet. But um, let's – going back to or Roy Williams, who's your number one guy that you think are – could replace him. I think the uh, big time, big time name. He played for UNC. He was he was on Roy Williams' staff. I'm gonna go with uh, the local UNC product, Hubert Davis, Hubert as the top candidate to replace the long tenured Roy Williams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think Hubert Davis makes makes sense there. Um, like like Adley said, keep keeping in. In the UNC family, so um, talk about some other uh, hires across college basketball. We got first of all, we got Chaka Smart, who's going to Marquette. That was kind of a head scratcher, leaving Texas. Um, but then you have a guy from Texas Tech, Chris Beard, who just got hired at Texas. So I think Chris Beard won, you know, won that kind of situation right there. I see. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have left Texas Tech if I was him because he had a good he had a good thing going with Texas Tech. Um, Hadley, what, what do you think was, uh, do you think that was a smart move to, to, you know, take the Longhorns position or should he have stayed with, uh, Texas Tech? Yeah. So first of all, I'm absolutely with you with Shaka Smart. Absolute head scratcher. I don't know why he would leave. Um, I, I don't know if maybe someone within Texas said, Hey, you should leave. Or if he wanted to, if he wanted to, uh, maybe there was just too much pressure there. He didn't perform well there at all. Mm-hmm. So I mess. I mean, Good for him, I guess. Uh, Marquette's a decent school that he could do well with, I guess. We'll see. Right. But I'm kind of with you on Chris Beard, too. I, I think Texas is a real, just kind of a mess in college right now. Yeah. It's just they they can't seem to get over any hump in, ba- I mean, yeah, in basketball or football. So that's it's kind of a, a weird program to jump to, especially when you have been so successful, like you said, with Texas Tech. You yeah. Just came off a national championship uh, appearance. You just went to the round of 32 and lost by two missed layups. Exactly. Uh, the team looked really, really, really good playing together. I, they had a lot of young talent on that team, too. And I, I don't know. I, we'll see if it's the right move, but I, I think he should have stayed as well. Yeah, uh, I was a little bit shocked by that. Um, I mean, here, here's another guy who, who transferred. This was what this would have been last year. Uh, Mac McGlung from Georgetown. He transferred to Texas Tech. Uh, and then, which made me think, when you were talking about players who hit the portal who start, guys like Cutis Wahab from Georgetown. He was their starting center, and he's in the portal. You have uh, Bishop from Creighton, who... I I really like he play, he's a he's, he's a one, really good player. He's a power forward that plays like like I said he's a, he's almost like a Timmy with the like with, with the way he you know plays bigger than what he actually is. Um, mm-hmm. He goes in there and he'll take on anybody in the paint. Um, you have I saw you know you have a guy like Marcus Carr who started at Minnesota. He was in the portal. Um, so yeah, you're just seeing a lot of stars. I mean I I understand I could see where all right if your coach gets fired or if your coach leaves. 
I could see, you know, players right. wanting to leave because that just totally, you know, messes everything up. Um, so, like, the whole Penn State incident where, you know, what, five or six guys hit the portal. Um, I, I understood yeah. that completely just because, you know, there's something where, I don't know, you have that relationship with that coach, and if he's not there, you know, that, that could really impact, you know, your motivation to play and uh, where you want to be. So I, I, I totally get that. If, if coach leaves or gets fired, boom, they, like, they, they're allowed to hit the portal. Um, but, again, it just goes back to, like, there's so many rules case by case where, you know, all the portal thing. But, anyway, enough of the portal. Um, I was going to say, oh, um, we will talk about uh, – we'll, we'll move on to uh, some NBA talk. Um, I feel like this portal kind of thing has just been taken over over the podcast, so we'll, we'll switch it up. <laughs> we'll switch it up with uh, the NBA. I mean, I just I, – I hope something gets solved. Anyway, um, looking at the NBA, NBA race right now, um, specifically, I'm going to start with the East. So, I mean, obviously you got the Nets, uh, 76ers, and the Bucks, top three teams in the East. That's that's a lock. Um, but then, you know, you got spots four through ten that are, I think, separated by maybe five games. Uh, you got the Hornets sitting there in fourth without LaMelo. Uh, five. Five, I believe, is... Um, who was five? You mean in the East? Yeah. You got the uh, Heat. Oh, yeah, Heat are five. Uh, Knicks are six. Seven uh, Hawks. Eight Celtics. Nine Pacers and ten Bulls. So, you know, with the new playoff format, right now you'd see the Hawks and Celtics, winner of that would get the seven seed. Then you got the Pacers and Bulls. The winner of that game would face the loser of Hawks Celtics. So let's just we'll just take the higher seed in each one. So Hawks beat the Celtics, they get the seven seed. Pacers beat the Bulls. Then it would be Pacers Celtics for that for that eight seed, which would get interesting. Um Hadley, looking at the East. Uh yeah. Let's say, all right, so you have spots four, five, six, seven, eight, um, and then obviously nine and ten in there. So ultimately, there's going to be three teams that don't make the playoffs out of the East, out of spots four through ten. Can you think of, do you have a specific uh, look at as to uh, the, the three teams who you think won't make the playoffs? It would be two teams, right? Um, oh, wait, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you're right. It will be two, yeah. yeah right, yeah, okay, my so two. my two out of the top 10 right now would be the Hawks and it would be the Bulls. What if, is, this, is this any Trey Young bias? <laughs> this is definitely Trey Young bias. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the Hawks ultimately fall uh, to, to eight. I think the Celtics start to heat up. Uh, I think the Celtics win that first matchup. I think the Pacers win that next matchup. And then Hawks-Pacers... Give me the Pacers all day. Sabonis would destroy down there. Mm-hmm. Brogdon would go off. Trey Young would suck because he's not good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll, he can score the basketball, but that's besides the point. He's not playing any defense. Yeah, so Hawks and Bulls, those are the teams that are out for me. Hawks, Bulls, okay. Sporty, here, here are your two teams that you're saying are <clears throat> not going to make the playoffs out of the East. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to agree with Hallie just on half of what he says. Uh I don't think the Bulls will make the playoffs. I know they got the uh, Vukovic. Vukovic, big man. That, I mean, that's definitely that could definitely spark. But, I mean, but uh, that helps. That helps for I sure. I just I don't think they have another big big man inside. Right. Uh, yeah. Outside of him. 
Yeah, I mean, Levine and White, they're, they're dudes that are like, you know, they can go for a lot of points. They can combine for freaking 80 in one night, and then the next night, you know, combine for like 20. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're just, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, hurt, they're hurting, uh, the Bulls are hurting on the boards outside of, since they acquired Vukovic. Yeah. They don't have anybody that can control the boards. All right. Uh, so you got Bulls is one team not making it. And I don't I don't think the Pacers are strong enough. I Ooh. mean, Sabonis, he can only do so much for your team. Ooh. So I, I think... Uh, I'll disagree with Allie. I think Collins and uh, Trey Young will carry that team into the uh, playoffs, but obviously, obviously lose to the, the Sixers or, or the Bucks, whoever they. Or the probably the Nets there, the one seed. The, the Nets, yeah, whoever they. So. Cool. All right, so I'll I'll agree with the Bulls. Um, like we said, I mean, obviously Vucevic helps, but at the same time, they're just not consistent enough. Um, oh, this is a tough one. I, I I think my two teams I'm debating here might be it, it might be the the Knicks and maybe it's the Knicks and the Pacers. I'm debating between those two teams. I do think the Celtics are going up on a run here. I think the Hawks can just hang on to a 7 seed. You know what? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the two teams that are currently out right now. I'm gonna go Pacers Bulls, just because. I mean, I know anything can happen in two games, but all right. So you got the Pacers. They got to beat the Bulls. If things were to you know play out the way right now, Pacers have to beat the Bulls. I think they can do that. But then, you know, you might have to play. You know, the Celtics. I mean, who who knows? That heck, the, the Heat could drop to the the eight seed before the season ends. So I just I it might be challenging for the Pacers to to win those two games in order to get in the playoffs, but at the same time that could light a fire underneath their butt and they could you know pick it up another gear. But right now I'll say I'll say Pacers and Bulls uh, do not make it with I don't know I'm not not a, that's not a lock that's not a hammer, but I'll just play it safe Pacers Bulls. Um, looking at the West, West it, it's been getting interesting now with uh, with the Lakers you know on a horrible stretch of games obviously without James and, and Davis and now you know getting drumming uh he's hurt now um you got one at one right now you got the Jazz you got Suns Clippers Lakers Nuggets Trailblazers Mavs Spurs Grizzlies and Warriors so in this format Mavs will play the Spurs Grizzlies will play the Warriors and uh and so on so Hadley give me two teams that won't make it out of the West yeah, so out of that re- right there, I'd probably say the Spurs to the lose to the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. So give the Mavericks that seven, and I would say the Warriors triumphantly through the efforts of Stephen Wardell Curry <laughs> would barely beat the, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies would be heartbroken two years in a row, and their fans would be outraged. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that next matchup would be Spurs Warriors. Good game because weirdly the Spurs are always good. Right. Um, but I would take the Warriors because Stephen Curry is my guy. I think Wiggins will step up, but Draymond has the experience. That's 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 what I would go with right there. I'd okay. say the Mavericks and Warriors are the ones that get it. Okay. Uh, Sporty, who are you going with? Two teams not to make it out of the West. Uh, two teams out of the West. You aren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, I guess I'll agree with Hallie on half, half of this again. Uh, the Spurs, one of them. Just don't think that they have enough talent. And 
My last one is the um, Grizzlies. Okay. I just don't think they have enough. Oh, so you're, you're no, you're agreeing with uh, oh, yes. you're, you're agreeing with Hadley. He has he has the maps and scores. Yep. So we're gonna, same all right. picks as me. Yeah, same picks. Same picks. Yeah. Okay, yep. all right. Same picks. I just don't think they have enough talent around Morant. Uh, just to to be in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, ever since Morant came back came back from his injury, I don't think he's still hundred hundred percent. Yeah. He has even though he is starting, but he's hasn't been scoring as much. Hasn't been putting up as good of production of numbers as he used to whenever he was not hurt. All right. Yeah. You know, what? I'm I'm gonna clean sweep it. I'll say I'll say uh, Grizzlies and Spurs don't make it as well. Um, there we go. Again, like just to, to Sporty's point, uh, Morant just has not put up the numbers uh, scoring wise. He hasn't been doing so hot. Uh, obviously, the Mavericks, if things were to you know hold up the way they were, Mavericks beat the Spurs, uh, and then you know it's I think Curry goes off against the Spurs to slip in there at the eight seed. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if everything st- you know stays the way it is. You, you can have potentially Lakers and um, you can have a Lakers Nuggets uh, first round matchup. Which would be definitely interesting. You could have the Suns and the Mavericks in the first round. That could be pretty interesting as well. Looking at the East, oh geez, you could have. If, I mean, if things stay, you could have uh, Nets and, and and Celtics playing the first round. Um, I know before, you know, I I mean, I personally had the Celtics going far. Um, I didn't think they were gonna you know be at the eight seed, but uh, a lot of interesting matchups where you know we see in the first first round of the playoffs. I just want to touch about, you know, the Nets and the Lakers. I mean, obviously Lakers fan here, but, uh, man, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of tough to watch just everybody just trying to get to, to that team to, to win a championship. Um, even to the Nets, you know, Griffin and Aldridge now joining the super team. Um, I'm, I'm all right with, you know, having, you know, two or three studs on a team. Um, but... Go somewhere else and, you know, be a second or third guy with somebody else. Don't go to a team where it's the fifth, you know, five all-stars on one team. That's that's absurd. Um, I don't know. That's just that's just my little spiel on, on the Nets right now and, and a little bit of the Lakers. Um, Hallie, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I have so many thoughts on it, but I'm just going to narrow it down to a few. So... The first thought I have is I definitely agree with you. I think the NBA is very soft right now. Um, People want to go after KD and say it's all his fault. Um, I mean, LeBron created the super super team in 2012. Um, The Celtics created the super team in 2008. Uh, I understand the circumstances were a little bit different, but... Super teams have been a thing for a really, really long time now. They're just starting to now be a little more prevalent just because they're not LeBron right. super teams. Yeah. Um, and that leads into my next point. Sports media, whenever the Nets sign LaMarcus Aldridge, keep the same energy when the Lakers sign Drummond. Yep. <laughs> uh, because that's the defending champion, Lakers, signing an all-star that averages like 15 rebounds a game. Right. Right. And they already have two six-man-of-the-year, you know, that easily could have been co-winners last year that joined their team, who are not even, like, relatively, like, small pieces on that team. They're huge. Oh, yeah. So you have two of, in my opinion, could go down as the top ten players of all time 
You have one that will easily be top two. You have two six-man-of-the-year studs. You have now Drummond. That's a super team in its own right. I understand the Nets are definitely better in every right. Right. But I think sports media needs to start keeping the same energy because they have a lot of brainwashed LeBron fans yep. being very upset about the whole Nets situation when L.A. has their own going on. Mm-hmm. And my last point is kind of related. Blake Griffin, love what he had to say. He said, all of you guys say I'm so bad. And then I go to the Nets and all of a sudden I'm this stud. I'm this (laughs) all-star. It's it's hilarious Uh, to see what sports media portrays any non-LeBron team. Right. (laughs) Sorry. Any non-LeBron team has. When DeMarcus Cousins went to the Warriors, what did he do? Nothing. Yeah. But since he was a former all-star, it was unfair, and that was the last straw. Yep. So I, I definitely think sports media has people brainwashed right now, and this this is a perfect example. I think the NBA is going downhill with this. Yeah. I mean, keep you know, yeah, like, like I said, two two to three guys um, to make a to make a you know super team. Um, I, I would have been fine. I mean, not that I really you know enjoyed seeing it uh, play out, but. Kyrie, Harden, and, and and Durant. That, that's it. Like that. That was kind of like the limit that I, you know, that you should see on on a team like that. Um, you know, go be like like I said, go be, uh, you know, the second or third guy with with power up with somebody else. Like, you don't all have to, you know, go to the Nets. I mean, I, I agree with you where it's like, oh, now they think Blake Griffin's some huge superstar, which I, I mean, I still thought. When he was with the Pistons, he's I, still good. He's still really good. I mean, even though he's getting older, I mean, he he can still get boards. Heck, he can shoot the three ball. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they like they're high. If I the can Nets. have one more small point, go ahead. Draymond Green is the perfect example of this. Warriors fan here, so obviously I love him. A lot of people don't, but when they refer to the Golden State Warriors, they say the team that needed five All Stars, right? Mm-hmm. Between KD, Steph, Clay. Dre and DeMarcus Cousins. Draymond Green is the same guy that people ridicule and say that he sucks so bad. But then whenever they're arguing about the Warriors' past accomplishments, they have to say he's an all-star. It's it's almost one of those things. It's like, is he trash or is he an all-star? It's the same thing right now. Is he trash or is he this superstar that make, you're making him out to be? It's only when it's a non-LeBron situation. Mm. And sports media dictates it. Bleacher Report, thanks for all the <laughs> nonsense you put into people. <laughs> um, Sporty, do you have any overall thoughts of uh, you know the Nets and, and their team right now? Not so much the Nets. I just think they're in, the injury bug is bad. I mean, it's kind of like the virus. It's it's going around. It, yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of like it's kind of like the COVID nineteen with the injury with the injury bug in terms of with all these people, athletics, COVID nineteen. They're all in the same category: injury bug and COVID nineteen. It it stinks. <laughs> Everything needs this virus needs to end, so all these people can get healthy. I mean, that's just that's just bad luck with the injuries right now. I mean, you got you got. I swear, every every superstar on each team is getting hurt at some point in the season. And I want to say something to to you about Draymond Green. Oh man, here we go. He is good. He plays hard when he's in there, but he has an attitude 
attitude problem. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I would want him on my team. I would want him in, in a, uh, you know, brawl on my side. <laughs> Jesus. But, but have you ever thought that he's tried to improve that attitude, but the refs already deem him as Draymond Green and don't give him a fair shot? Howie, I, I do support your statement 100%. <laughs> Every time Draymond tries to argue, the refs either tee him up or, or they look the other direction. Yeah. And LeBron can do it whenever he wants. Exactly. Same right. Yeah, if Draymond Green's name was LeBron... You know what? He could argue anytime he wanted to, and there'd be no problem. Yep. yep. So uh, he just has he has Draymond Green has the wrong name. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Draymond. You're a good player, but you gotta change your name. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that'll wrap it up with uh with NBA. Um. Definitely, definitely excited for the playoffs. This year, and, and it, it'll be interesting with the with the new uh, ten team format how how things play out. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it. You know, if you don't make if you're not in the top eight, then you don't deserve it. Um, I feel like there there should be. I don't know. I feel like if, if it, okay, if the nine and ten seed are like five games out, then there shouldn't be this this format. But if I like, I don't know. It's just be there shouldn't even be this format. Because literally, ultimately, come, like it, it's the same thing with like March Madness. It, you could get a team who gets hot for two days and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they could be eight. They, they could be eight games back, and they could, they could win two games and sneak into the eight seed. Like that's, I don't know, man. Like that's why you have seeds. That's why you have a cutoff at eight. Like I, I don't know. I, I somebody's gonna all get money driven. And yeah, all all money driven. Somebody's gonna get screwed, and yeah, there's gonna be a lot of complaining. Um, but we'll switch gears to the MLB opening day yesterday. Um, a team that really impressed me. I mean, I know it's one game, and I know that they, you know, made some offseason moves, but the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, I think, are going to be legit. It's going to come down to um, the Rays, the Yankees. You, you could throw in the Red Sox up in there, um, and the Blue Jays for, uh, I think, I think the AL East is, is the toughest division um, in the AL, obviously. And then I'll take the NL East as the toughest division in all of baseball. Um, I don't know who the heck's going to come out of there. I think it's going to be some really good baseball all around. Unfortunately, you know, Mets, Nats. Um, yeah. Cancellation. But, uh, hey, I'm going to say, you know, one thing here. Go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Big win yesterday. Yesterday, big win. Key Brian Hayes. See ya. Over the left field wall. Upsetting the Cubs. Um but uh, yeah, Buccos look good. I mean, obviously the Cubs. You know, I think they had twelve walks, but hey, Buccos took advantage of it. They got the job job done. Got their first dub. Hopefully, they can keep it rolling. Um, Sporty has the under of fifty five wins for the Pirates. I'll take the over all day on that. Um, and, and yeah, uh, oh here we go. We'll do a little. Uh, Hadley, if if you haven't heard of this, we Sporty and I are doing uh, beat the streak. Where you have to pick. Oh, uh, I, do that. I do that all the time. Yesterday, got got uh, two for two yesterday. Austin Meadows, I picked Austin Meadows and uh, Key Ryan Hayes. They both went like they both only had one hit, and they both their hits were home runs. So, so I'll take that. So, uh, just got to keep keep the train rolling with uh, with our picks. But it was interesting looking at the Padres score just on my phone, and 
Padres were up 6-1. They were down 7-6, and they eventually won 8-7. So NL West is another division where, you know, I think it's going to be – you don't know. I mean, obviously I think the Dodgers are going to come out on top, but battling for that second spot, uh, who knows? Because, I mean, yesterday Rockies knocked off the, the Dodgers. They banged up uh, Kershaw pretty pretty well. And, uh, you know, looking at the Bellinger home run that got nullified from Justin Turner, that was some that was strange um, with the way it happened. I feel like I saw some people, you know, giving Turner a hard time for not looking up and seeing where Bellinger was, but ultimately that was on Cody Bellinger. That was his fault because he's the one. Ultimately, everybody thought that Bellinger was out because the left fielder obviously caught it, but he didn't. So that's not on that's not on Turner. He was doing the right thing by getting back, so that way he didn't get doubled off. It was Bellinger's fault for passing Turner. He sh- Bellinger should have went back as Turner was going back, and that home run would not have gotten nullified. But um, just some first uh, first day thoughts. Watch out for the Blue Jays. Um, I think they're going to get super hot, and they they could do some damage um, in the postseason. Um, still up for grabs with the NL East uh, between the Braves, Mets, Phillies. Nationals, heck, even the Marlins. Um, but enough of that. Hadley, I'll let you dive into uh, some of your MLB thoughts. Yeah, so another another uh, figure to watch out for is COVID-19. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're already canceling games, uh, which are being supposed to be played by my favorite team, so that's very unfortunate. Yep. Um, but... Anyway, I agree with you. I think the Blue Jays are an absolute dark horse. Uh, that is a young, young, talented team that acquired some pitching in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Got Springer. Um, so I think I think they're pretty loaded in their own way. I think uh, the New York Mets, believe it or not, I think they're pretty good. Just locked up Lindor for 10 years. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I will say this until I die. I think the Mets are going to the World Series. Um, I don't know who it'd be. I I do like the Blue Jays, like you said. I, I think that's definitely a team that could definitely make it. Um, other than that, I mean, obviously the Yankees are really good. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, for now, I'm probably going to go Blue Jays Mets. That's that's what you can mark for me. Mark Blue Jays uh, and Mets. All right. And then. Another thing is Mike Trout's so damn good. I just I just wanted to mention that real quick. That guy, <laughs> that guy is so good. That's my MVP in the in the AL. Just wanted to mention that as well because calling that is basically like calling the fact that there's gonna be oxygen in the air tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those are some some thoughts. Uh, Sporty, go ahead. Oh, hold on. Before Sporty goes, I'll, I'll give my World Series prediction. I, I, okay. I'll, I'll keep it with the Dodgers. Um, just because they're, they're they're loaded, so I'll take the Dodgers there, and I'm I don't know previously if I think I went with the Yankees, but I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna ride with the Blue Jays. Um, I think the Blue Jays, just from a offensive standpoint, they can they can definitely get it done. Um, so I'm I'll go Blue Jays, Blue Jays Dodgers. I'm gonna switch my Yankees pick, um, just because I think the Blue Jays are they're the real deal. So uh, sporty. What are your uh, thoughts on uh, opening day of the MLB? Uh, first off, I want to say congrats to the Pirates. I know they got, they had about 10 hits, but they got on base with about 11 walks. I think they'll have to sc- score low-scoring games this year to win, but, hey, they won. Wasn't the best, but, hey, 
a W. A W in my book is a W. I don't care how you get it done. Exactly. A win is a win. All right, next topic. COVID-19, like Hallie said. It, it's already here. Sporty, sport, I feel like in every topic, Sporty's that guy to bring up COVID no matter what we're talking about, which, which is fine. <laughs> but we're like, hey, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, NBA standings? Well, you know, COVID. COVID, <laughs> COVID could knock out all the teams. <laughs> He's just, he's just like the uh, the Debbie Downer in the in the bringing up COVID all the time. I mean, I mean, obviously it's 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 a it's a fair statement, but I I feel like Sporty's go to route right now has been the 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 COVID statement. But anyway, go ahead. I think it's I think it's Sporty's wild card of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of the COVID to go to go on with the MLB, how about those Royals? I know it's early, one game in, but they scored fourteen runs against the Rangers. Yeah, that was nuts. It was like five, five after like the first or something. It was pretty, pretty nuts. Fourteen runs against I thought a, a decent Texas team, but hey, it is what it is. I'm still gonna predict the Cardinals to win the NL Central, uh, but my prediction for the World Series will be uh, I'll go with the Dodgers and the Yankees. Okay. And the Yankees um, winning it all this year. Um, that's all I have to say about MLB. <laughs> so, you, so, you, so you do have the, the, the under of Pirates wins at 55, correct? Oh, yes. The over-under wins. Pirates share 55. I'm going to say... I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. I'll say they crack. They'll, they'll crack above 60. So. Um, who'd you pick last yesterday and beat the streak? Oh, I picked uh, Hayes from the Pirates. Yeah, he went deep first inning. Win eight, wind aided home run <laughs> yeah 400 415 feet and then i got the like you said hadley mike trout so yeah so right now both he got it he got it he's only hit in the eighth inning to secure my streak of two games so far so i need me and kev need both 54 <laughs> in a row to win one million <laughs> Bazookas. Forty. A W is a W. W is a W, man. I don't care how you get it done, buddy. You're right. W is a W. Go right. blue. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end with uh, our final four predictions here. We got Gonzaga, who is favored uh, 14 points against UCLA, um, and then we have Baylor, who's favored five against Houston. Um, Hadley, give me just give me uh, give me your winner of the Gonzaga and UCLA game first here. Yeah, I, I'm going with Gonzaga here. Props to UCLA for making it, but your your run ends here with a Goliath. Does Gonzaga do they cover the spread? I mean, they've beaten everybody by double digits in the tournament. They've, I think they've only beaten. I think the stat is. I think they've only beaten. They only won one game this year, but that wasn't double digits. So yeah. Uh, so you said seventeen. Fourteen. 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 Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to be by fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I would I would take the Zags to win, and I'll, I'm going to take them to cover as well. Sporty, who who do you got? Ah, uh, I gotta go with the Bruins to win. To win or to cover? No, to cover. No, All right. no, no. So just Bruins, to cover. Bruins to cover, <laughs> not to win. So I think UCLA is gonna slow the game down, play it their style, work the shot clock every time, get decent looks. I'm not saying their shots will go in every time, but get decent looks. Try to make it low scoring. So I'm gonna say Gonzaga. Will win, but they won't cover. What's the line again, fellas? 14. 14. All right. I say Gonzaga wins 
Uh, I I know it's gonna be high scoring. 85-75 final. All right. So yeah. The Zags going on to the championship. All right. Next game we got we got the Baylor Bears and the Houston Cougars. Sporty's been rolling with the Cougs. Um, Sporty, who do you got? Do you have Baylor? First of all, who do you have winning the game? I got Baylor winning this game. All right. Close one. Do they cover? It's a five point spread. I think they cover. I think, I, they cover? I right. think it's they're going to win. Uh, my prediction final score for the Baylor Houston game is the Baylor Bears 71, Houston Cougs 64. So 64. 70, 71, 64, Bears are going to be beating the Zags All right. in the finals Monday night at, at 9 p.m. Yep. I'll, I'll take the Bears as well, just their ability to shoot the three ball and, and, and play defense. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're beating Baylor by 10, no, no uh, lead is, is safe when you're playing the Bears because their ability to shoot the three uh, and to cause turnovers – um, I like the the Bears to win by ten. I'm, I'm gonna take them. Uh, I'll take them seventy to sixty uh, over over the Cougs. Uh, Hallie, who do you got? Yeah, so you know I love my Baylor Bears. Yep. <laughs> um, in this situation, there's only one thing that's scarier than spiders and snakes and heights, and that's being guarded by off night. <laughs> so. I mean, Quentin Grimes, if if off night's got the assignment on you, have fun with that two for ten stat line. Yep. Um, and if he decides to go on someone else, same to you. Probably even worse. Probably like two for twelve. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Baylor wins and covers, but I really think it's gonna be a close game. I think I think Baylor's kind of been struggling offensively. I'm not sure if they're, you know. If they just haven't had to play that well offensively, because when they've needed to kick it up, they've been able to. Oh, yeah, they throw Ryan Shope in there. He comes in and sticks threes out, out the wazoo. <laughs> and then I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys saw Macy Oteague last game. No, yeah, Macy Oteague, the, yep. The weirdest jumper I may have ever seen. He has a weird hitch in his jumper. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was going in whenever they needed to go in. So I, I think, again, they kind of turn it up when they need to. Defensively, it's always turned up. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna win a close one. I think they're gonna win by six. Okay. And then, do you want me to make my champion? I would say we can't. I would say from our picks from uh, the Sweet Sixteen. Um, yeah, I think if I if I remember, uh, well, actually, Hadley, this was your national championship from the start of the whole bracket. So props to you. Yeah. Um, from Sweet Sixteen, I t- I took the uh, I thought the Bears and Zags would make it. And Sporty, I think you took originally you had taken the Cougs, and I think you took. I, Iowa? I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know if he took. I'm not sure. From the Sweet 16. Mm. No, no, because Iowa would. They, they didn't make the Sweet 16. It was Iowa or Bama. Was it Bama or was it was it Gonzaga? Anyway, I, I, I know you had the Cougars. The Cougars winning it all, but uh, I think I think all all of us for now we're rooting for Baylor to win it all. Um, whether it's for That's our the polls that we're in or just the fact that just see the Baylor Bears win. Um, so. Have who you think is going to win between Gonzaga and Baylor on Monday night? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the best national championships we'll ever watch. I think, you know, obviously you got Goliath and Gonzaga, and they're winning all these double-digit games. And you have Baylor, who comes off as an underdog, but is amazing in their own way. Oh, yeah. And like I said, you're basically, it's off night. So Jalen Suggs, bye-bye. <laughs> um which he's still going to be a presence defensively with his hands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. But 
But I think Baylor, I think they're just going to get hot that night. And it seems like undefeated teams, you know, they it gets real tough when it when it starts to end there and it comes down to the last moment. Right. And, and I think, I, go, go ahead. I think, I think of all people, I think Davion Mitchell seals the deal on a last-second jumper to put him up by four. And that's gonna that's the dagger. I, th- I think I think Baylor's gonna win the game by four. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I I think obviously the uh, Gonzaga playing Baylor. This is gonna be uh, the Zags' toughest test all year. Um, you know, I know they've beaten you know some other teams. You know, Virginia, Kansas, Auburn, and and Iowa earlier in the year, and then you know they just steamrolled through their through their region. Um, but this is obviously gonna be the toughest team they played all year. And um, I'm going to say the Bears get it done. I'm going to say 77-73. Um, I mean, they're going to have to I, – I think Gonzaga, they're going to they're gonna, uh, cause the turnovers. But like I said, no lead is safe against the Bears. So even if, you know, Gonzaga jumps out to, you know, a 10-point ball game there in the first five minutes, like it seems like they've been doing all, all tournament, I think the Bears have enough to, to come back and knock down some threes. Um, don't know what I'd play against Gonzaga. I don't know if I'd play – a three-two or two-three. I think ultimately, I think I would play. Um, I think I'd play a three-two. But you got um, oh, what's his name? Ayai. He he can knock down the three. Yeah. Uh, first of all, he, from the from the side, he looks like Bronny James. Is that just me? Or he he looks like Bronny James. He does. Um, <laughs> so that's just want to throw that out there. But uh, yeah, I think the Baylor Bears are going to get it done, uh, and and end the Zags' perfect season. Sporty, who do you got between the Bears? And the Zags. I'm, all right, I'm going to go with a little uh, trifecta here. The Bears. The Bears. The Baylor Bears. And Zaga, they, they haven't really been tested all year. Uh, one game I watched during, it was towards the end of the season, they played BYU. BYU had them on the ropes. They played a great first half. And Zaga just they, they basically played a better second half. They ended up beating BYU by 10 points. But uh, I think Baylor's been in, in a lot more closer games than Gonzaga. I do think it's going to be a track meet up. Um, up. I think Gonzaga is going to try to, you know, up tempo. But I do think, talking about a track meet, I, I do think Baylor might might try to slow the game down, kind of like UCLA is going to try to slow the game down tomorrow with Gonzaga. But I think uh, <clears throat> Baylor's going to have. I think Baylor has just ha- has a little bit more weapons. Uh, that that Mitchell man, he is phenomenal. Yep, and I think he's going to. If if Baylor gets down tomorrow, if they win or whatever, he will guide that team. You know, win or lose, I think they're going to win regardless. They're going to win both games regardless. But he's going to keep them in the game no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they get down five to ten points, you got to go to your your go to guy. But the only problem with that is, like last game, Mitchell, he, he got in foul trouble when he had to sit for eight for eight minutes in the first half. And that's how Arkansas got back in the game because Mitchell was out of the game. He's got to stay out of foul trouble for them to be in the game. And for them to beat Houston, he's got to stay in the game for more than, you know, more than 30, more than 30 out of the 40 minutes. Ooh. So. Big uh, big pressure. Uh, big pressure on you, Mitchell. On, on uh, off night coming from Sporty. So uh, we're going with the trifecta for the Baylor Bears. 74-70 final. Baylor Bears, get it done. Cutting down the nets. Cutting down the nets. Mark Few, sorry. Great year, but your only loss is to a Big 12 team. <laughs> so, uh, 
Trifecta with the Bears. Um, obviously looking forward to the Final Four matchup tomorrow and then the Natty on Monday. And um, we got one last hammer. Like, for you, go ahead, Hadley. What's your hammer? Yeah. Go ahead. So hey. my hammer, it's on the Lakers to win the West. Ooh. Oh, it's got to be good right now. They're a four seed. Um, I still like their chances. Give me the Lakers out of the West. Still a super team in my book. And uh, the odds got to be better now than they've ever been. All I right. got one more hammer for you, Howard. All right, what's your hammer, Sporty? For this and this podcast. The Bucks will win the East. Okay? The Ooh, Bucks. Wow. He's got the Bucks. Beating the, beating the Nets. Beating the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ooh. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to go with a more uh, short-term hammer here. I'm going to say you take the Baylor's Take the Baylor Bears. Um, that's already cracking up. Uh, you, you take the Baylor Bears with the points um, against Houston, and you take them with the points against Gonzaga. Obviously, they'll be dogs against against Gonzaga. So you take the Baylor Bears twice. Um, whatever the spread is, you take them. They're going to cover. Um, and that's my that's my weekend uh, weekend hammer. So. And you know what? We'll throw another one out there. I'm going to say you take the Buccos plus one and a half against the Cubs, against Jake Arrieta, and then you're going to take them again um, in the third game to wrap up their series with uh, with the Cubs. They do start off with a three-game. Is it just three-game series with the Cubs? They don't have a fourth one in there? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say the Pirates uh, cover uh, the one and a half spread in both games. So but my two hammers go with the Bears and the, and the Buccos. So uh, we'll be back on uh, probably Tuesday, day after the Natty. Uh, to break it all down and uh probably you know obviously i think that nba race is gonna something's gonna shift by the time uh you know tuesday comes and then we'll have a you know first couple games of of baseball underway so we'll see uh see how the standings lie i mean obviously it's just three games out of 160 what is 162 162 so uh i mean we can always break down some baseball i mean it's, it's a long long season 162 games so we back Tuesday looking at uh, who's hot, who's not in the MLB, and uh, we'll break down the the, the Natty Championship. So um, we'll send it on Tuesday, and uh, thanks for listening.